0: Please
1: join us in number 15, My Tribute. Number 15, My Tribute. keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help. And now if you'll take your bulletin inserts and on the inside are the words to our next song, Here I Am to Worship. Let's take our uh, bulletin inserts and let's now uh, pray our scriptural uh, congregational prayer of confession. Inspired in King David. Have mercy upon me, O oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin.
2: For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are proved right when you speak, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from
3: the time my mother conceived
1: me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of
2: your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will
1: turn back to you. Amen. That's a a wonderful prayer. And let us always remember what the Apostle John wrote to the scattered persecuted Christians around 90 A.D. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So, with that, let us sing a chorus as Thanksgiving time is upon us. It is good to give thanks unto the Lord. That also is in your book and insert. It's pretty simple.
3: 11 through 19. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests, And it came to pass that, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger." And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen.
1: Now let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, as the world around us, is panicking over a strong virus while dividing angrily because of human, sinful prejudices. Please give us the grace to remember that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords and you still rule the world in total righteousness and holiness while you are also waiting patiently, not desiring any to perish in your final judgment, but that all may repent of themselves and humbly bow their face to the earth before you and surrender obedient faith in your Son, the Savior. And as we realize and remember this truth, may our hearts overflow, with thanksgiving in every circumstance and we thank you especially that in our country the treatment of COVID is getting much better and that a smaller percentage a much smaller percentage of people who are infected are dying and we thank you for the progress in a vaccine and we thank you for your people working tirelessly and anonymously by faith for both reconciliation and life. We also thank you specifically that there are 14 women who were elected as new representatives to go to Washington and who are all pro-life. Please give us eyes to see what you are doing. And as we thank you, give us strength to live for you as we go about our lives. Loving you with all we are. Loving and helping one another. and sharing what we have in the Savior with our troubled neighbors. That's what it means to love our neighbors as ourselves. We have this wonderful relationship with you and we want everyone to have it. And so according to your will also, We pray for all people, including those in authority. Whether that authority is in your church or in the government, business, finance, production, research, finance, education, media, law, service, protection, medicine, wherever. And we pray for our brothers and sisters in the Messiah. Greater Clinton, where we live, the state of Massachusetts, the United States, the whole world. And Father, we pray for those who are members of our cell in the body of your son, Jesus. Please help those who may be uh, struggling with despair or loneliness, isolation. Be with those who have various kinds of diseases in their body chronic conditions, whatever they may be, the effects of aging, none of us is getting younger, losing of mental sharpness, aching joints. And please, help us to always remember, greater is he who is in us. Therefore, may we all have an experience of the strong love of the Holy Spirit and be enveloped in his joy and peace. And above all, teach each and every one of us to be continually thankful. And please let your word work in our souls effectively to change our attitudes and our actions so that we may sacrificially love as Jesus loves us. And Father, I pray that by your spirit you would guide my explanation, interpretation and application of your word. And then finally please work in our hearts as we receive together the body and blood of our Savior. May we truly become one with him and in him so we will bring him with us always as we go about our lives in this troubled world. And now, because we can only pray so much of our own wisdom, which is limited, we thank you that your son Jesus left a prayer for all of his followers to pray that covers everything. So together, with one heart and one voice, we pray the prayer that he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father
2: for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
1: And since our text today deals with the cleansing of ten leopards, and leprosy is a symbol for sin, before we dig deeper into the Word, word God's Word, let us prepare our hearts by singing number 410, Cleanse Me. one, a basket. To the first one, he gave a basket to collect all of the prayer requests that people would have. Like, oh God, please, fill in the blank. So we could call him the please angel. The other angel was given a basket and told to collect all the thank yous. So we could call him the thank You. Angel. Well, at the end of the day, the please angel had a basket that was so overflowing, he had to use all of his might to bring it before the throne of God to present the requests of God's people to him. However, the thank you angel had a totally different day. He came back with an empty basket. It seemed no one in that town wanted to thank God or thought of thanking God. So what he said to us was, children, God wants to meet our needs and we should be asking him for help when we need it. But, but, never forget to thank him for all that he has given you Even things you might not be aware of or may have never asked for. Please, never let that angel go back to heaven again with an empty basket. As you go through every day, try to fill that basket with thanks to God. And I could say, say what? That's about all the sermon that we need. That has stuck with me for over 50 years. Now, in our passage this morning, um, Luke's account of these ten
2: lepers who were cleansed by Jesus, there was one
1: who was healed who humbly praised and thanked God. But we should be asking ourselves, asking ourselves, what is it in human nature that causes us to just take miracles for granted? Almost as if we deserved them. It's almost as if we're saying, God, we're better than you. We don't really need you. Because think about this, even peers thank one another. Most of us have been taught to thank other people. Why don't we thank God? Um, So, the other thing is, why did only 10% of these healed lepers, just one in 10, come back to God? Come back to God and uh, thank Him. Now, In the book of Psalms, and I actually read this psalm this morning in my yearly reading through the Bible, the very last word of the very last psalm, Psalm 150 says, let all that has breath praise Yahweh. It's a command, it's fitting, it's right. So as I thought about this, all I could come up with was, perhaps these two things get in the way of our giving thanks. One might be familiarity, and the other might be pride. I don't think I need to elaborate on pride. But I think there's a danger that many of us who have known God and walked with him for a long time and go about life in this world, we begin to lose our sense of awe. For God. We forget how awesome and wonderful He is. That's why I pray that we would always remember that whatever's happening in the world right now, God is in control. He is the sovereign God. We have no need to worry. We should be thanking Him. You know, it seems to me that it is always the new converts who are most excited about God and most thankful to him, and it just popped into my head. I love William Shakespeare, and I've read many of his plays. Uh, At the end of one of his comedies, The Fool, who is always like the one who has all this sarcastic, wonderful wisdom, says, oh, I have to go over to the castle of a certain duke because I hear he's a new convert, and they always have the most wonderful, interesting, entertaining things to say. So let's not lose that childlike spirit. We come back to that children's sermon. And this whole idea of thanksgiving is beautifully illustrated by the one leper who was from a nation that God had handed over to the Assyrians some seven centuries before Jesus came because of their extreme idolatry. So whatever he knew of God would have been formally limited. The Samaritans only had the first five books of the Bible, you see, because they broke away from God's people in the era of David and none of the prophets had spoken or called or written yet. None of the wisdom literature had been there. He had a very limited knowledge of God. But somehow, somehow, He knew who Jesus was, came to him for healing, and thanked him, profusely and rightly thanked him. So, let's, with this background, examine this passage a little more closely, and with this purpose in mind. We want to become more grateful to God. Now, there's two parts to this, clearly two parts to this. One is a very simple narrative of what happened. And then the second part is Jesus' response in commentary on the hearts of people as reflected in their actions. The first part of the story is ten lepers raise their voices to Jesus for mercy. And then as they obey his command, they're cleansed. So it begins very simply, And it was as. They, or he, Jesus, was going to Jerusalem. Jesus was passing along, through along the border between Galilee and Samaria. A little geography lesson. Um, You know, we don't really know the geography of the promised land or what was happening in the Bible. So, although Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was raised and he was from Nazareth. Nazareth was next to the Sea of Galilee and it was in the extreme northern portion of the great kingdom under David when they had almost fulfilled the promise to Abraham. Now, the border between Galilee and Samaria was somewhat south of Galilee. Samaria was a big country with a capital city of Samaria. That's where Jesus is now. And then Jerusalem, where he was going, was in Ju- Judea or Judah, which was the extreme south, some 70 miles or almost a 3 days journey by foot. So he was a long way from Jerusalem. And then uh, it says, as he was going into a certain village, ten lepers met him. And actually, the King James has it pretty close. Literally, it says, ten lepers, men. And as I thought about it, that men is very, very important. Because what is God saying? Even these lepers, even these lepers were men in his image, just as Adam, which means man, was in God's image. So, they stood at a distance. So, again, this is where it's important to know all of Scripture. So many people just skip over Leviticus. Oh, it's boring. It's got all these sacrifices and uh, it's just a waste of time. But in the book of Leviticus, God had all kinds of rules for people who were lepers. And they were commanded a few things. Once someone had leprosy, He had to cover his face, cover his mouth so that no one would get infected. And going about, he was to shout out, unclean, unclean. And they were actually
2: exiled outside of the city limits. They had to leave the town
1: and live far away. So that's what's happening here. It says they came to Jesus and they stood at a distance. Like I said, they knew the first five books of the Bible, even though they were from a pagan country, at least this one was. The others, I believe, were Jews. So, um, then uh, they raised their voices. They raised their voices. Actually, it's literally raised their voice as one. Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus says, as you're going and showing yourselves to the priest, it turns out they were cleansed. So, again, they they had all the right words. Luke used the right narrative. They said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So they knew his name. and, And really, I'm doing this a lot in my preaching and in my reading. Don't say Jesus. Unless you know Hebrew or Greek. Okay? His name is Savior. So they knew who Jesus was somehow. They, they were given that he's the Savior. So the first thing they call him is Savior. And then, very appropriately, they call him Master.
3: Master, they
1: understand he has supreme authority. Um, And that is so, so important. They recognize this. And sometimes we don't recognize this. And then they cried out for mercy. Now, it was just two weeks ago that we saw and heard that when Moses was on Mount Sinai and Yahweh was revealing himself and who he is to Moses, What were the first words out of his mouth to describe himself? Yahweh, Yahweh, God, merciful and gracious. So they're going to the right source to ask for mercy. And then we're told seeing. So Jesus took this all in and, and he saw as only he could see. Seeing, he said to them, Going, show yourselves to the priests. Now, again, in Leviticus, priests were the ones who, first of all, determined was somebody a leper. So, somebody who comes to them says, I might have leprosy, there were all kinds of tests. I mean, how similar is this to what we're going through now with COVID? We could say COVID is like leprosy. And we have all these tests. Do you have it or don't you have it? And then, sometimes, lepers were miraculously healed, so there was provision in the Torah. You can see it in Leviticus 14. When someone had been miraculously cured of leprosy, the priest could examine that person and say, you now may come back in and have fellowship with God's people. So this is what Jesus is implicitly doing when he says, "Going." Show yourself to the priest. In a way, he's giving his word. If you will do this, you will be healed. And then we hear, and it was. As they departed, they were cleansed. So again, here's a narrative device. Luke, who was a Gentile, is using Hebrew narratives. In the King James, it's, and it came to pass. It literally is, and it was. So, and it was, as Jesus was going about. Ten lepers came to him. He gave them some instructions when they asked for a healing, to have mercy. And then we're told, and it was. As they were going. Immediately, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. This is a huge, huge miracle. So, Jesus' word to them, sometimes, you know, we have a word from God and we have to wait days, weeks, months, years until that word is fulfilled. Now, as soon as they departed from Jesus and were going on their way, they were healed, cleansed. This is so amazing. So, now they would be showing the priest because Jesus fulfilled his word, Hey, we're cleansed. We're cleansed. We can now be part of God's people again. So let me just sum up the narration this way. Let's not take this for granted. This isn't a little itty-bitty thing. Miraculously, at the word of Jesus, these ten men were cleansed and healed. God can do anything. And in this case, he graciously mercifully cleansed them. Now we get the result, the follow-up. What happened? What was the result of this miracle? Well, one came back, praising God and thanking Jesus, a Samaritan. But Jesus said, where's the other nine? What about them? But he said directly to this foreigner who was cleansed and healed, God, your faith has saved you. Let's dig deeper into this now. One man, a leper who was cleansed, praised God. He threw himself on his face before Jesus thanking him. So seeing he had been healed, they had all been healed, but this one man seeing he was healed returned to Jesus. And and, and, I love this because the seeing, the realization, the revelation, the understanding that a miracle had took place was presently gripping him. It was instant, it was immediate, it was continuous. I have been healed. He turns himself around and goes back. Okay, And then with a great voice, Just like the great voice when they all, ten of them, asked for mercy. This one, with a great voice, praised the God. Now, we'll see, and we already know, this God was an idolater. He had been in a nation that worshipped hundreds of gods. But he realized, this is the God. The God, the true God, is the one who healed him. He goes back to him. And because of his healing from leprosy, he threw himself on his face before Jesus. He threw himself on his face and thanked him. The reason we say, Here I am to worship, is this is true worship, people. How many Americans today put their forehead to the floor, or to the earth, before God, in humble gratitude for all God has done for them. Both words in scripture, whether it be what we call the Old Covenant or the New Covenant, the word for worship in the Bible means to get down on our knees and touch our forehead, our face, to the ground before God. This is true, humble, biblical worship. And he's doing it. He's doing it. And then uh, he also thanked Jesus as the God. So, you know, again, the Trinity wasn't invented by some church council in the early 4th century. Even before... Jesus went, well, okay, Luke was writing this shortly after Jesus went back to heaven. So, he's doing the narration, and he's talking about the God. Jesus is the God. God is the God. And this is what he's doing. You see, thanksgiving is a form of worship, and it flows from, freely flows from humility before God. So here's our first application this morning. You could say, okay, this happened in the Bible 2,000 years ago. What about us this morning? May we pray that God will help us to be humble so that we are always aware of how great God is and of how great our need is for him. Let's not be so arrogant. God is great. We have a great need. And may what God has already done for us in Jesus, in what he is doing every day, may this move us, move us, to be continually grateful to God, offering him thanksgiving all the time, all the time. And then the punchline, he was a Samaritan. Okay, we went through Chronicles, and again, as soon as Solomon's son came on the throne, ten tribes in the north, later called Israel, Samaria became the capital under Ahab. They went right into idol worship. They set up two golden calves, one in the extreme north, one in the extreme south, so these people would worship the calves, not God. And it just became a habit for them. And then we come to the days of Ahab and Jezebel. And she was wicked and he was wicked. And they started sacrificing their children to idols. Don't get too proud. Our nation is sacrificing babies to the idols of self and choice and other kinds of things. But this was what was happening in Samaria, in Israel, under Ahab and then Jezebel, and they were so evil that God sent the Assyrians in 722 BC. The unfaithful Israelites were carried away, most of them, only the poorest were left, and then the king of Assyria brought settlers from five pagan nations who engaged in even more
2: idolatry,
1: if that's possible. Well, this is the heritage of this Samaritan man. So. It is a real miracle of grace. That he was the only one of the ten cleansed lepers. Who thanked the God. The God of the universe. The true God. What a blow this is. To human pride. And scripture is teaching us in Jesus with this parable. Let's take it to heart. Very Few people are thankful. Very few. And then Jesus said, after this man came back, where are the other nine? Only this man of another birth returned to praise God. But he says to the man, your faith has saved you. But asking Jesus said, where? Where? implicitly, where are the other nine who were cleansed? And he says literally, were not ten cleansed. Jesus knew. You can't pull anything over on Jesus. I cleansed ten lepers who asked me for mercy. But where, where, where are the other nine? So now we've got the 90%. I was taught the 80-20 rule in the corporate world. This is a 1090 9 out of 10, 90% that Jesus miraculously cleansed and healed, they couldn't even be bothered to come back and say thank you to him. Again, don't get too proud, but isn't that just crazy? And then Jesus says, none were found having returned to give praise to God. The God, the God of the universe, except, if not, this foreigner. Now this word, translated foreigner, is literally um, another genus or or genealogy. In other words, this word was used of people who were a different gene pool. So he's saying, okay, he's not a Jew. He's got a different gene pool. There's all these pagan nations that are in him. And yet he came back. He came back. None other than him. So, think about this. And this is why I really think these other nine lepers were Jews. Because he makes a point of saying the non-Jew came back. Implicit in that is what's wrong with the Jewish people? Who, who, Who know God? Who know about the Messiah? So this unexpected person who was not a direct descendant of Abraham gave praise and thanks to the God and to Jesus as well. So again, now, us, application to today, may we resolve to pray for the grace To praise God and to thank Jesus for the many blessings we have received. And may we be part of this minority. Whether it be 10% or whatever the percentage. Who give God the thanks that he deserves. Full of gratitude. Because unfortunately very few people are thankful. And then Jesus said to this one man, this one Samaritan, having risen, go. And what is he saying? He says, you're healed, go about your life now. Go about your life. And this struck me. Some of the words are similar to what the risen Jesus said to his 11 disciples at the end of Matthew's Gospel. And I put the literal translation on the back of the bulletins today. But what Jesus said was, as you are going, in other words, as you're going about your lives, make disciples of all the nations. So he sends this
2: grateful, healed leper from a different nation. He's already from a different nation. He sends
1: him out. He sends him out to live his life for God now, the God who had healed him. And he says, the faith of you has saved you. The faith in Jesus that is saving faith brings a wonderful salvation. And I want to just point out, I've said before many times, the Hebrew word for peace has about seven meanings. Well, the Greek word for salvation has about five meanings. Let me just say them for you. First of all, it means for someone to be restored to safety. This is not a safe world, but salvation gives us safety. It rescues us from danger. That's second and the other side of the coin. It means healing from sickness. It does mean that as well. And it also means to be made whole, complete. Body, soul, and spirit reconciled to God, able to do God's will. That's how the King James translated it here. It it doesn't say saved. It says made whole, which is really what salvation is all about. But most importantly now, in Savior Jesus, it means... Divine forgiveness of sins resulting in reconciliation with God and adoption as his true children. This five-fold fruit of saving faith is more than enough reason to thank God. Just to have experienced salvation. Every morning when we wake up, we should just say, Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you for this rich salvation that I've received. But this story tells us a truth. Very few people are thankful. And um, also, it results in praise and thanksgiving. So let me say this about saving faith. Some people wonder, do I have saving faith? It produces praise and thanksgiving. So be on our guard. If we aren't praising and thanking enough, we should question ourselves. Finally, I want to say Jesus himself practiced thanksgiving in the upper room at the last Passover, which he established as the first Eucharist, uh, which means good thanksgiving, good grace. When he gave thanks for the bread, and for the cup, which stood for his body and his blood, which he was about to offer on our behalf in his crucifixion. In his crucifixion. He thanked God for this, for the suffering he was about to endure because of the result of what was going to happen. And this is so significant Because he changed his followers. And he said, he charged his followers, I'm sorry, they weren't changed till Pentecost. But he charged them to do this, the bread and the cup, in remembrance of him until he comes back again. And we will partake of this sacrament in just a few minutes. But before, I want to uh, read to you, um, I've been doing some things with the church fathers, and it's no secret. um, John the Golden Tongue, Chrysostom, is one of my hero church fathers. So let me read to you what he said about the Eucharist, about communion. Do we not offer daily? Yes, But making remembrance of his death is one, not many. Because this sacrifice is offered once like that in the Holy of Holies. And actually this was Chrysostom's preaching through the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews 9 he talks about Jesus having offered himself in the Holy of Holies once for all. So he continues, we offer always the same, not one sheep now and another tomorrow, but the same thing always. Thus there is one sacrifice. By this reasoning, since the sacrifice is offered everywhere, are there a multiplicity of Christ? Quoting Paul, by no means. Christ is one everywhere. He is complete here, complete there. One body. And just as he is one body, and not many, though offered everywhere, so there is one sacrifice. And I was doing a word search in Hebrews. Five times we're told this sacrifice was once for all time, It's eternal in time and in every place. So, our last application. May we all be grateful for the gift of salvation in Jesus. By faith. And as such, let us witness to him, just as this leper did as he went about his life. Let's witness with thanksgiving and with praise because very few people are thankful. Let us stick out as a people who are different, as a people who belong to God. So let's sum this up. When ten lepers met Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, he cleansed them. But only one who was healed returned to praise God and thank Jesus. Jesus responded by asking the Jews, why only this non-Jew return to praise God. But he sends the Samaritan on his way after saying his faith has saved him. Again, Eucharist means good thanksgiving. Although very few people are thankful, let us now receive this sacrament with the greatest of thanksgiving. But before we partake, let us sing Let us break bread together, number 265. Take your bulletin inserts and let's prepare to receive communion through our responsive reading. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. So come to the table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often, and you who have not been for long time, and you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have faith. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, May we know your presence in the sharing, so that we may know your touch and presence in all things.
3: We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among all his community through the centuries and shares with us now. May one in Christ and one with each other,
2: we offer these gifts. And with them ourselves, a single living act of praise. Amen.
1: And now, uh, you know, safely come forward and take your communion. Serve you in the world. And to you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. It's true. Let us partake of the bread and the cup. Preparing ourselves for this season of Thanksgiving, let us close with number 592. Now thank we all our God. is right in the middle. Amen.